Welcome back to an all new, all different aim for the bushes. I'm your podcast person, Pavlo, also known as JPav, also known as Pav, also known as Pavi. And joining me today are two very special podcast people, Dexter and Alex. Ayo. That's Dexter. Welcome to the jam, folks. That's Alex welcoming, <laughs> welcoming you to the jam. Oh, so, yeah. We never identify ourselves. I'm Dexter. We never do. It's okay. <laughs> I think you can I'm figure Alex. it out. <laughs> they've no, heard us enough they've heard you enough and i think of uh, a few episodes before you guys did because you you brought up that point too but it's okay we're here now that's what's important so today's episode what are we talking about if you did not read the show title or the description it's space jam the space 1996 jam! michael jordan bugs bunny full-length feature film if it's not palatable <laughs> on our voices how excited we are to talk about this movie <laughs> i have to let you know oh. we're all so excited to talk uh, it's about gonna be Jam. it's gonna this be a wild very ride strange. oh yes it's very very strange but before we get into today's discussion on the space jam first our non-legal legal disclaimer which is simply that the opinions that we express are just that our opinions we are not saying that we have the ultimate truth or that only our viewpoints are the correct viewpoints. You're allowed to agree or you can disagree with us. But if you disagree with this one today, uh, you're probably wrong, but that's OK. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, yeah. I like that. Look at you, Pat. Yeah, no, no. This one. Usual about that. <laughs> I know. Normally, it's like, let's keep a nice balance here, right? The lukewarm, you know, milk toast uh, takes. But today we got to come in hot. The scorching hot takes today. So speaking of scorching hot, Space Jam. Space Jam. Oh, man. Yeah. What a movie. <laughs> I don't even know where to start with this one. I guess we'll take it back. Just just a little background on how this movie even came about, which is kind of kind of crazy when you think about it and uh so yeah. we're going to get into like a little bit starting from before we're going to talk about the movie itself go over various aspects of the film and then we'll maybe look at the like lasting impact and like the future of uh of space jam because there's a sequel <laughs> the coming undying out. legacy of space jam <laughs> there's gonna be we're gonna have a part two boys because there's the second space jam is coming out i think in june or something so this all came about basically from a couple of popular commercials for Air Jordan shoes. That's basically the genesis of the film. Yeah, like last time, last time uh, I was here, we were talking about Lion King. Yeah. And I spent a lot of time trying to figure out why that movie existed. That was a lot easier to figure out for Space Jam. Because <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> there was a commercial. It was successful. They were like, hey, we could do 88 minutes of this. And then they did. And then they did. That's that's basically how the movie came about. If you if you read into it at all, like that's that's what you're going to find. So basically, there's uh, I'll probably link them in the show notes. There's two commercials uh, featuring Bugs Bunny and Michael Jordan. One of them was for the Super Bowl. I'm not sure which one it was, but at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter. Uh, one is for the Air Jordan 7, one's for the Air Jordan 8, and they're both just kind of ridiculous, and I guess they... They're honestly really good commercials. They're good commercials. They hit, like, a chord with people, obviously. insane. <laughs> like, the one with Marvin the Martian is incomprehensible. It's so fast-paced, I didn't follow... Like, it seemed to have a narrative, but I never had a chance to follow the narrative. 
It's basically Marvin the Martian wants to steal all the Air Jordan 8 pairs for some reason. <laughs> I, I don't know why. This is even before sneakers were a big thing of like reselling. You know, mm-hmm. oh it's God. the advent of sneaker, uh, sneaker supremacy. Yeah. So and that that's basically it. And then for some reason, Michael Jordan and Bugs Bunny team up to get the pairs back. I think that's the main. Yeah, and there's basketball involved. That's the quote unquote plot. That's the of that commercial. And then you have the other one, which is uh, basically these people playing basketball, a pickup game. And below the court is Bugs Bunny's like den, I guess. His little rabbit hole. And then he comes up to say, hey, stop. (laughs) (laughs) Stop. Stop playing basketball. And then for some reason, Michael Jordan's there. And then they. Well, because because they start bullying Bugs Bunny. And then Michael Jordan, because he's Bugs Bunny's best friend, comes to help him beat them at a game of basketball yeah. to show them that they shouldn't be bullies anymore <laughs> exactly and that's basically obviously the, the 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 two commercials and from that we get we get space jam so basically michael yeah. jordan's like agent was able to convince warner brothers that those successful commercials could be stretched out into like a feature-length film yeah like uh fun fact this movie's the same length as the original lion king it's 88 minutes long <laughs> Um, also, the movie is directed by the guy who directed both of those commercials. Yeah, the director is a and guy. it really shows that this was directed well, yeah. by a commercial director. Because the guy who did, did this, yeah, he was a well-known like commercial and uh, music video. Yeah, the music director. director. Um, but like the, the movie's full of those, like, you know, like in the 90s, all commercials had like just Dutch angles all the time. Yeah. Those are all over this movie. <laughs> That's basically that's basically it. It was like Warner Brothers, uh, like Jordan's agent approached Warner Brothers and said, hey, this this could be good. And it, um, and it, make, it, it was going to go on earlier, uh, but Michael Jordan retired after the 1993 season. So he was kind of like out of basketball. And then so it didn't really the, the idea got put on pause because of that. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. when Jordan announced his comeback. Uh, they decided the idea to make this a vehicle again. of his comeback. Like. Kind of. I was one of the articles that I read that I will uh, leave in the show notes for any listeners who want to kind of read. Uh, it it did a good way of like encapsulating the myth of Michael Jordan. Yeah, uh, I, I agree. I totally agree. Especially that that like that opening montage. Yeah. Like of the, yeah. of the credits, I I found those just like a really like well edited sequence of like like just. Michael Jordan being awesome. Just a, just a love letter to Michael Jordan, yeah. Well, basically, and so one of the things you can say about Jordan is, like, he is someone who is very conscious of his image in the media, in the news media, mm. uh, in society at large. So it's a very carefully crafted image. That's one of the reasons why this type of movie can work, because of his public perception and his public persona. And also, I think, it's the reason why you don't see Michael Jordan doing various movies or anything like that compared to someone like Shaq. Shaq? Well, yeah, he's got like a ton of movies Um, that he's done. Yeah. Right? Uh, That are all... We should do a Shaq movie next time. I've never seen any Shaq films, so... Neither have I. (laughs) But that was the idea. It's like, this is kind of like something simple and that plays up on Michael Jordan's image. And... Uh, his brand viability, I guess, because we're obviously going to touch on advertising uh, a little bit later mm-hmm. once we get into the actual film. But just in terms of the background, 
uh, of how this all came about. The other thing that I read in, in this article was that because Michael Jordan is such a huge figure and persona, the film itself does not spend much time like giving you background on Michael Jordan or anything like that. It's it, a lot of it is like you already know. So we don't need to like explore the background. Right. They give us the quick montage at the beginning. We start off. He's playing baseball because when this movie came out, he had just stopped playing baseball because that was the thing. Right. Did, he retired. Did he actually play baseball. Yeah. Yeah. He retired from basketball and at the end of the 93 season, partially because his father was murdered and holy shit yeah yeah um I, there's something else that you can look into um but yeah his his from the 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 story that i have read or that's been put out there is that his dad was driving he pulled over like to sleep or something because he was feeling tired and two teens apparently happened on his car and like robbed him and then like shot him oh wow so it was very like devastating obviously you know, to lose your father or loved one in that manner, very unexpected, kind of came out of nowhere. Uh, and this and around this time, uh, Michael Jordan was also facing public scrutiny for his gambling, because I, I don't know if either of you guys have watched The Last Dance, which is a documentary about the Michael Jordan and his last season with the Chicago Bulls, but it also like traces throughout his career. Hmm. Um, so if anyone's listening, you want to check that out. If you haven't seen it, I'd recommend interesting look. But anyways, uh, so there was this gambling issue. Michael Jordan is super competitive. Like he will like gamble on anything. Like there's a scene in the documentary, the last dance where the guys that who are like his personal security for like the bulls before game time, he's like, they're having a coin toss game where I think it's like you have to throw it as close to the wall as you can without it bouncing off the wall or something. And they're like putting bets on it. And this is just how like competitive Jordan is. So like, you know, he'll, he'll make yeah. those bets. He, he like during the playoffs and the 93 playoffs, he went to Atlantic city like during like, uh, I think it was the playoff series against the Knicks. You know, he went to, to uh, Atlantic city to go gamble and then came back for the next day for the game. So there was this intense scrutiny around it. And then his dad is, is murdered. And I think all that, and then the pressure, the public pressure of just being Michael Jordan in general, because mm-hmm. like you can't go outside without <laughs> an army of people around you for the most part. I think Jordan needed like a break from all that. And so, yeah, so he did actually go play baseball in the minor leagues, but none of that is explained like in the film, because you know, it's Michael Jordan, like, you know, right? Even they said at the end, like, it didn't say, like, because uh, there's a brief, uh, I think, clip at the end where he's, like, uh, starting for, I guess, I guess it's, like, the first game of, like, the next season yeah, yeah, when, yeah, he yeah, when he comes back. There's no, like, postscript and Michael Jordan returned to the NBA. <laughs> it's like, because you know, you know, you know. Yeah. Like, <laughs> oh, that would have been amazing on this movie. <laughs> if they did that for all the characters. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Bugs went back to do this. <laughs> You know, because it's like, you know, you know, about even if you don't know, like specifically, like, you know, who Michael Jordan is, uh, you know, uh, he went on to win, win, win three titles in a row with the Bulls, you know, very successful shoes now, especially, you know, very like, you know, who he is, like, you don't need all that explainer stuff. So it really just gets down to like, yeah, especially at the time it came out. But even now, like almost 20 years later or almost 30 years later. Uh, you, you know, you know who he is, so it's, it doesn't need to be explained. 
but that's like yeah the background how this this came about so i, I don't know i guess we can we can get into like the actual yeah. film yeah well i mean like kind of what you're saying like the, like the, I, this whole movie is clearly like just branding agreements yeah. between mm-hmm. people right like it like it, it, it i always even when i was a kid i was like this was clearly just like Michael Jordan's coming back to basketball and they want like the world to know. So they're going to make sure that like the Looney Tunes can convey that to everybody. Like that, that's what the whole movie feels like. It, it, like it's, it's such, yeah. It's such <laughs> an interesting Venn diagram for me of like people who like basketball and Michael Jordan and people who are into the Looney Tunes putting that together. Yeah, but like, but it's like for kids though, like, right? Do you remember? Like, I get do it. You remember? No. Actually, wait, hold up. How old were each of you when this movie came out? I was born that year. Yeah, I'm the same age as you. I was born the year before the movie came out. But like, I like, I still had, I, I had a Space Jam backpack. Space Jam was like one of my favorite movies. Like, I remember the fucking merch for this movie was all over the place. Okay. Like everybody had Space Jam basketball shorts. Okay, guess how much revenue the merch is believed to have generated. Oh God. More than Millions. the movie for sure. Like Millions, 10 times as right? the movie. 1.6 billion. Shit. Yeah. Oh my god. So you're right, Dexter. Like the the merch was insane. It was everywhere. And that's that's part of the reason why it was made. That's how it was pitched. It's like you have young kids who obviously glued to watching Michael Jordan uh play basketball. Uh because yeah, like, like even as a kid growing up, I remember like and I growing up I was a hockey kid. Like all my friends, like we played hockey like during recess. We would play foot hockey. We would watch hockey. Talk about you know the the Leafs because I grew up in Toronto. And talk about hockey. Our favorite players like, but we all know who Michael Jordan was. Like I we had like Chicago Bulls hats. Like yeah yeah like like what do kids like? They like sports and they like cartoons. Yeah. let's just do both of those exactly. So, so it bridges that thing because it's like oh. You can take your kids to go see it. They're going to buy stuff. And Warner Brothers was like, yeah. mm, this is more right when you say that. Yeah. Because they also want to revitalize Looney Tunes, I think, for like a new I generation. Sure. I was just about to say that. Yeah. yeah. One of the articles you sent said they wanted to reboot it around the same time. Like they were just like, this is it. And it was just kind of like the perfect mash or melding of like characters and like properties and, to do that. Yeah. I find the, the whole movie just just like is clearly built from the ground up like that. Like, I remember, like, 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 just in the opening credits, I saw that this movie had four writers. And when a movie has four writers, that's usually a red flag, unless it's there a Pixar movie. Yeah. And, like, this movie feels like it was written by, like, just four producers in a room who just made jokes at each other about their brands. Because there are so many Warner Brothers logos in this movie. Well, They're we, all over the place. We like, have, Daffy has one on his ass. Daffy has one on his butt that he kisses. And then apparently, okay, because okay, when I watch this film, I watch it with the well, the most the most recent time I watched, which was a few days ago from this recording, just to refresh my memory. But I watch it with the the, the director commentary on it, and uh, so they had the director, and then they had Billy West and D. Bradley Baker, who are the two voice actors, two main voice actors of the film. They do Bugs Bunny and Daffy Duck, and then uh, you know four or five other characters each. But for that Daffy Duck line where he kisses his butt, apparently there was a line after where he says, tastes like chicken. <laughs> but then they decided to cut that. 
there's some yeah. I really like I, I'm so glad I revisited this movie now as an adult because uh, I you know I had the nostalgia for it as a kid and I loved it as yeah, a kid but I haven't watched it since I was like I don't know seven or whatever right and like there's so many little jokes like that that I got now I think it's worth rewatching as an adult okay. like okay what did you guys think of this movie like when you first saw it and when you most recently saw it mm-hmm well, I want I... Okay, go Alex, go on. No, Pav, go for it. Go for it. Okay, when I was a kid, I think it's just like it's just everything you like. It's like I like Bugs Bunny, I like Daffy Duck. It's like it's like Michael Jordan. You don't really pay attention to the plot, at least I I don't recall that when watching films. It was no, entertaining. I just, I just liked I just liked like the blue monster because he was funny. Yeah. And like it was entertaining AF, so that's all that's all there is to it. It's still entertaining now. Like you can definitely watch it and like be entertained by it. I don't it. know, man. I was as I was watching it, I watched it yesterday. Yes. And I was like, this movie's not bad, mm. but it's really not funny. Like so like I I don't like obviously like what all like there's that like the B plot with all the like the other basketball players. My yeah. favorite. Um, that's my favorite. One of my favorite things. About oh, this. really? Every, I thought every they were not very funny. I, Dude, I, no. I did. I, I audibly laughed at that gag where they're walking down the hallway. Yeah. And they hit their heads. Oh, yeah. That was really funny. But like, <laughs> I find like good. none of them are except Charles Barkley's a good actor, but the Barclay's other ones aren't great. And I found all their jokes fell flat. And I also found most of the Looney Tunes jokes fell flat. I didn't really find them funny either. Yeah. I'll, I'll I'll say I was a really big Looney Tunes fan as a mm-hmm. kid. Uh, like I basically grew up watching it. My dad was really into it too. Like we bonded over the the Bugs Bunny and Looney Tunes, Bugs Bunny and Tweety show that came on every. Oh like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Whatever. Oh yeah. I I watched that shit religiously, and watching this movie now, I was kind of disappointed about how <laughs> the char- the characters were kind. All the Looney Tunes kind of got boiled down to their catchphrase, right? Like with what yeah. people remember them to be. Like they didn't have any like, I because that's and I guess I get it right. Like you're going off of the the good stuff that made Looney Tunes the Looney Tunes great. Like yeah, all but the they didn't iconic use any of it. Stuff. But they didn't use any of that, right? Like like, like the whole Barbara's Bill sequence but... with Elmer Fudd and, and Bunny. There's so many gr- amazing comedic seeds of the Looney Tunes, and they just kind of like, you know, cherry pick their little their little. Yeah, they they cherry pick their little lines and made it like okay yeah Sylvester's like this oh Pepe Le Pew has a little line in French uh uh-huh, he's a like I don't know it just didn't it didn't jive for me some of it was some of it was good but most of it was like okay yeah we do your ca- you do your catchphrase you go off and, and then and then yeah thing. yeah ex- exactly like Sylvester you come in say something about the bird or you're out Pepe come it, in say something creepy get out like <laughs> that's it just went through like one by Pepe one wasn't even creepy he was just French yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah, and this one he wasn't. Yeah, Bugs yeah. was more creepy than Philip um, was. Yeah, but yeah, in the in the director commentary, the director um, he would talk about that they and I think the voice actors talked about this too. They would I think they like chose a specific era of the cartoon character that they were mm. going for. Um, really? Yeah. I mean, okay. perhaps it doesn't translate no, I, across, but I, I think it's more like their demeanor, not necessarily like their overall character arc or anything like that mm-hmm. or gags or anything. Because like Bugs Bunny, Daffy Duck, you know, uh, I think like Porky Pig, like some of them started like in the 30s. So you have yeah. like. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And Daffy, I know uh, when when Daffy like first premiered in his like shorts, he like the reason why he's called Daffy is because he was like kind of like 
crazy cuckoo. Like he was always like, if you watch those yeah. really old Daffy Duck cartoons, he's kind of like basically just like jumping up and down and like hooting like all the time because he's just like, yeah, it's great. Wild no, I and want, insane. I, I, I get that. Like when you have characters that span like 70 years or more, right? Like you have to pick, there are different iterations of the characters. It's really funny. I actually found that Daffy was the, the most like himself of all yeah, of them. Like, Daffy he had the most personality I, I found, out of I found all Daffy of the was the best was the best cartoon character. I, I found yeah. like he felt like Daffy because yeah, I mean there was a few jokes where like I found they it got like the movie. This movie is really cynical. I find it's like parts of it are really hopeful and optimistic, but parts of it are really cynical. Especially Daffy, so like true. Like when they're getting um uh jordan's like shoes and from shorts. his house yeah. Yeah. he just rambles about like unions and like merchandising like, not getting yeah. royalties from, uh, the, yeah. from yes! the merch and i was like it was honestly it's it was great talking was about like, licensing deals on their new contracts genuinely hilarious i believe that was <laughs> ad-libbed uh because they had the uh was it uh d bradley baker and billy west talking about uh that scene and mm. I, and i believe that that was uh that was ad-libbed uh, that's so funny the dog that that they fight with. I don't know if you guys noticed, but the dog's face is animated. Mm-hmm. Like he has exaggerated eyes and like his teeth. Oh shit. Is an- you know, I didn't notice until they pointed it I out. Didn't, I didn't notice. Yeah. At all. It's, it's, it's pretty well done. Like the technical yeah. animation in the film, which we'll thought, talk about. All the, yeah. Like that sequence in particular where, where bugs and Daffy break into uh, Michael Jordan's house, like, like just like bugs, like opening doors and stuff and the drawers. I found that like looked really good. Yeah. Cause like, they, super clean. They yeah. had people actually doing it like wearing, um, it's kind of like how they filmed the basketball game at the end. They had people like wearing like green suits, actually like opening no the stuff and then they yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. It's, imposed it's like, it's like, um, in post this came out after who framed Ro- roger rabbit yeah. right yeah that's like 88 i think who framed roger rabbit yeah. uh, but there's a huge technological leap between like those two films yeah so i found this looks like and this movie like holds up aside from like when they do like the stuff to the humans like when yes. newman gets flattened oh, and like yeah, michael yeah. jordan ex- extends his arms like that the didn't CGI look great there, yeah. it's uh, super uncanny yeah it's but, so like, uncanny but just like Michael Jordan interacting with the Looney Tunes and like doing the final game really well. with them and stuff, I found that worked really well. Like, yeah, because mm-hmm. I don't know if you've seen like behind the scenes footage of that, but basically it was a giant <laughs> green room <laughs> and they got so- like seven foot tall basketball players in green like morph suits to be the monsters or uh, they, they had people to be like the Looney Tunes characters. Unreal. So that way it looks like it's actually being manipulated or Jordan's like actually interacting with them. Yeah. So he did a really good job in that. I found he did a really good job in this movie. I found he like his acting was really solid and like his interactions with nothingness for most of the movie was really good. Well, part of that, I honestly have to agree with you there. Yeah. Part of that was because he's actually like talking with someone. So when they're filming it, he's not just like talking to like a stick with like an, right. There's there's an actual person there and probably like responding back. But yeah, he did do a good job for someone who is not like an actor and um, who is playing himself. Uh, he did a pretty good job because it makes me think of uh, this quick, quick side tangent here of episode of The Simpsons with uh, James Woods, where he takes a job at the Quickie Mart for like a film role that he wants to do. So he's doing his character research and he's like Jimbo comes into the Quickie Mart and he buys something and then James was just like, okay, here's like $10 and 37 cents as your change. Thank you. And come again. 
And then Jimbo's about to leave. And he's like, well, wait, hang on a sec, kid. Like, how, how did that feel, that interaction? And then Jimbo's like, oh, well, I felt like you were you were um, forcing it a little bit. You know, you just got to live in the moment, man. And he's like, okay, well, let's do that again. And he, he's like, okay. And then he's like, okay, so I'm going to be me and you be you. And then Jimbo's like, I'm me? So, like, Jordan <laughs> didn't have that, like, effect where it's like, yeah, 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 yeah. you get all stiff because yeah. you're playing yourself. You're like, yeah, I, I found in particular his scenes with his family and the scene at the end with yeah. the other basketball players really mm-hmm. good. Like, when there's like, yeah. other humans and they're playing humans, yeah. I found he did a great job. Was that his actual family? No. No. Oh, okay. All actors. I think they all had the names of his actual. Yeah, the names of his real kids, though. Yeah, but oh. they're all actors. Um, that, 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 like, the, like, lead, the oldest kid was, did a pretty good performance, too. Like, that, that scene where they're, uh, watching the Looney Tunes and talking about, like, or, like, like, they're, they're watching, like, um, uh, like, a, a bad report on, on, oh, him, yeah, on, yeah. like, Porky, and he switches it to the Looney Tunes. Yeah. Actually, that was another moment where I actually laughed, was, like, when Porky Pig runs into the frame and, like, cancels the episode <laughs> for you. <laughs> It's funny. such a ridiculous premise when you like when you actually think oh, about it. Oh, it means okay. that the, it means that these okay. cartoons are alive as they air <laughs> in real time, and there's a universe that not only exists in television but underneath the Earth, at the center of the Earth. The logistics of this are are whack, right? I have, like, <laughs> I have notes here about this premise. Yes, and and it's just they. they I, I really respect how they don't waste any time explaining anything in this movie. Because, like, there's no time spent to rationalize, like, the planet with Danny DeVito on it. Like, they never explain why that's there, because world building is for nerds, and this is a cool movie. (laughs) Okay? Because at the end of the day, it's not not necessary. It's just like, let's just get into it. And then it's this ridiculous contrivance to get to a basketball game like, like I, I appreciated the gag where Bugs Bunny just writes the rules in that book to be like, yeah, yeah, no, we have to do a thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. come on. And they're short, so we'll do a basketball, I guess. Whatever. Okay. Are we at the premise yet? Come on, guys. Hurry up. <laughs> it's already half actually, hours to the movie. I totally had forgotten, like, as a kid, like, how this movie led up. I only remember the basketball game, to be fair. I remember the basketball game and Lola Bunny. And... <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> And the actual like le- getting the setup of this film, I I honestly kind of enjoyed. I didn't I didn't find it to take too long to get to where it needed to go. I was it like, I got it. I was whole, like, okay, yeah. The whole second act of this movie is just pointless. It's just meandering and pointless. The second act is just Bugs and Daffy go get some shoes. That like, it, it's true. It's true. That part like he could have just had this his basketball game. <laughs> I appreciate this movie. I appreciate what they're doing. But, like, they spend so little time trying to make a movie. Like, the, the whole movie's just padding. It's just like, all right, we need 50 minutes before we get to the basketball game because the basketball game's only a half hour long. So mm-hmm. those 50 minutes are just nonsense. Yeah, all of the, the like, the, the golf scenes with Larry Bill Bird Murray and Bill Murray. And Larry Bird. Yeah, with Larry Bird. <laughs> That's amazing. That's a good scene. I like how they like as long as you're gonna care. pad for time. Yeah, <laughs> as long as you're gonna pad for time, at least put Larry Bird and Bill Murray talking about how Bill Murray wants to break it into the NBA. <laughs> He's yeah. so serious. <laughs> no, it's definitely ridiculous because Bill Murray's like 50 and he's like, they need new people in the NBA, and I'm like, yeah, that's what the draft is for. 
Like I really thought it was um, gonna be a one-off gag when he talks to Michael Jordan about it. Yeah. And then he goes That's to Larry whole Bird story and continues. Yeah. <laughs> In fact, about Bill Murray in this movie. Yes. Oh, please. Okay, please. So this movie was produced by Ivan Reitman. Yes. Right. Who's, who's like a a producer and director? He did like Ghostbusters, and he worked with um Dan Aykroyd and Bill Murray like a a, a bunch of times. Mm. Um. So he produced this, which is why Bill Murray is in it at all, right? Of course. Because um, they had they had like a lot of trouble casting this movie. Yes, I was going to touch um, on specifically that. The, the Newman character. Um, I think uh, Chevy Chase turned it down, and Michael J. Fox also turned it down. Yeah, because they said they had uh, trouble, like the the like because the Mr. Swaghouse, who is the the cartoon villain, is voiced by Nanny DeVito, and then I think all you have is um, Bill Murray, basically, and I mean, yeah, you have Wayne Knight, but I mean, yeah. you know, he he's he's not like a huge huge. Huge star. I mean, he was on Seinfeld at the time, so that's where you would have known him as Newman. Newman. Small, Newman. small thing. Okay, so okay, wait. Before I get to that, too many thoughts. Too many thoughts. Um. So yeah, they had trouble getting people to join or even like cameo or anything like that because as soon as you explain the plot to them, they're just like, "What the fuck is that?" <laughs> like, <laughs> like, no, oh, this I'm not. Is an alien planet. Yeah, when you describe it, it's like, yeah, so Michael Jordan, it's like that scene that they have with the basketball players when they go yes, to the fortune teller. That, it also so shows that the movie's like a little self-aware and knows it's like a bit ridiculous because it's like, yeah, you know, it's like monsters stole your powers to win a basketball game with Michael Jordan and Bugs Bunny. And it's just like, what? But um, um, what, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah. In the speaking of cameos. Uh, at the first game where they steal the powers of like Charles Barkley and Patrick Ewing there, uh, there's a, uh, cause they come in in the trench coat, right? All stacked on top of each other. Yeah, yeah, and they sit true. beside like two spectators. Did you guys recognize those I two mean, spectators? No. Okay. Yeah. 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 Uh, wasn't the woman from, uh, t- uh, everyone loves Raymond. Yeah. Patricia Heaton from everyone oh. loves Raymond. And then there was her husband or her boyfriend was Dan Castellaneta, who's the voice of Homer Simpson, in yeah. one of his few live-action roles. So there's wow. a little fun fact for you there. But yeah, they couldn't get anyone because it was just ridiculous. <laughs> like, I understand. Wait, oh, yeah, wait. So wait, I, I didn't finish my, my Bill Murray... Uh, Sorry, go ahead. Tangent. Give it to me, give it to me. Um, okay, yeah, so, so Bill Murray wasn't supposed to be in this movie beyond his one scene golfing with Michael Jordan uh, and Larry Bird at the beginning. Like, that was supposed to be his oh. only scene. Okay. But then, like, but then he saw how they were shooting the basketball game, and he was like, oh, can I be in that? And they were like, uh, sure. So they just <laughs> stuck him in. Why he has that, like, that lazy explanation with Daffy Duck about how he knows the producer. That's literally why he's in that scene. <laughs> That's so good. <laughs> That's and, pretty funny. Okay, on that scene, when Bill Murray shows up, it, I don't know if you guys caught it, but the, uh, Danny DeVito goes, I didn't know Dan Aykroyd was in yeah. this picture. <laughs> I fucking died. <laughs> like, you know, if a kid's movie is good when it has little jokes like that, they'll like, we'll go over the kids' heads, but like for the parents and adults watching, they'll be like, ah, okay, yeah. <laughs> Bill, Bill Murray was great in this. Uh, every scene he was in was like hilarious. And yeah. then everything in between was not. <laughs> It took so long for him to leave. Like when when he like they won the game and he goes right. He's like, I gotta go. I gotta go ice my knees. <laughs> <laughs> it takes so. Like Michael Jordan's like, Are you sure? Are are you 
are you sure <laughs> it's like it's like it's like 10 yeah, seconds too long but it's so awkward <laughs> i don't know why one um, gripe i have with this film is that everybody one. calls michael jordan michael by his first I, it freaks me out that they call him like they're so familiar everyone's so familiar like str- like strangers on the street be like michael <laughs> hey michael i'm like i could never I could never address a celebrity by their first name, even if I was friends with them. Yeah. <laughs> Freaks me out. Lola Bunny. Okay. Let's hear it. <sighs> yeah. Was she created just for this? I feel like th- She's a new character, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Her yeah. First appearance. Um, and like, it just, what, what, what I, there's not that much to say about Lola Bunny. She's not that interesting. She just like has hips and a, and a saxophone soundtrack behind her. <laughs> like the sexy sax. Like, yeah, I think they added her in because they realized that like pretty much all the characters are male. Yeah, so they're like, oh, well, here we'll we'll, we'll appease the feminists we by need putting something. in. Yeah. No, 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 don't. It wasn't to appease feminists. It no, was dude, like we need to sell totally girls. Was. No, no, it's so girls could have like a a, a doll or like a stuffed yeah, right, thing right. to buy. So I don't know. Sell merch to little girls. You're right. Ah, uh, I see. I see. Right. Yeah. Right. It's more about merchandising. There is, that, there is that there is that veneer of like feminism sure. as men intended it to be. Like when she goes like, don't call me doll in that sexy kind yeah, of way. Yeah. Right? I was like, okay, this is so pathetic, I, dude. I'm fairly certain that Lola Bunny is more popular among boys than girls. <laughs> For Fox Robin Hood reasons. <laughs> <laughs> Could be. I don't know. I didn't do any market For research sure, on that. Stallion reasons. Yeah, for sure. Well, yeah, she doesn't do much. I guess, like you, uh, you could say that about all the characters. They don't really do. Yeah, yeah. Nobody does anything. Like, there's that bit where Bug saves her at the end, and then she kisses him, which but, felt super pointless. But yeah. like, that was yeah, that wasn't any more pointless than like Newman coming to save the game and then immediately being. <laughs> 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 like, <laughs> it's so true. I was actually thinking about this early and I wanted to talk to you guys about it. Um, like there's there's a window for this movie to have a message when like Michael Jordan turns around and is like, it, the, the, you know, the secret stuff was inside you the whole time. Yeah. And they just shirk it off. They literally, they literally refuse to learn a lesson. Yeah. Like what was the point of that secret stuff little moment? And because like, it's like it's clearly supposed to be like some sort of commentary on like doping or something. Yeah, and they were learning any sort of lesson, so it's not a commentary on anything anymore. It's no. just a weird one-off joke that's not that funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was so, so disappointed. Bad. I was really like, oh, nah. it's gonna be you know, <laughs> really you were disappointed the that they didn't teach you a lesson. <laughs> no, it's clearly like, that, that, that's an hour into the movie. By then, you should know that there's, you're not gonna <laughs> learn anything. Uh, yeah. Except to buy basketball shorts with Bugs Bunny on well, them. Well, it's because there's that whole, like, the whole intro where Michael Jordan's a kid and he's, you know, I want to fly. That was I so inspirational. That That's a great scene, right? I, I remember as a kid that, like, that scene inspired me. I was like, oh, I could be like Michael Jordan. I could do whatever I want if I, if I just try hard. And I thought that's what, they, like, I thought that's where they were going with the secret stuff was inside you the whole time thing. They were, like, you know, leading in with that. But, like, I get it. They don't. Looney Tunes they never make messages. They don't have that's not their that's not their deal. That's not their brand. Like <sighs> no, that makes sense. When I was kind of like looking into like the history of, of of Looney Tunes, just like in general, not related to Space Jam, the the cartoons like all the way back like in the 30s, the reason for the cartoons and showing the shorts like before films was. 
to sell their music for like oh, oh yeah. right yeah 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 so like the cartoons were just made to promote the music that Warner Records or whatever Warner Chapel sells that was huh. the intent behind behind creating these like little short animations yeah and 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 Bugs Bunny was never meant to be wholesome like yeah he's always just like he he always wins the day by just tricking you and then beat beating you with a hammer like <laughs> He's not an honorable rabbit. It's true. It's true. No, it's just all kind of like silliness. Because again, the, the, the point of the cartoon was never some like grand like statement or like, yeah, any lessons to be learned or any kind of reflection on the nature of humans or anything. No, no, no. It's, it's just like <laughs> wackiness and promoting something, basically. Yeah, no, no, no. The, the message of this movie can be summarized in that one amazing line that New, Newman delivers to Michael. <laughs> Come on, Michael, it's game time. Get your Hanes on, lace up your Nikes, grab your Wheaties and your Gatorade. We'll pick up a Big Mac on the way to the ballpark. That is amazing. It's yeah. so true. And it delivers so well. I act- I wrote that on the whole quote, too. <laughs> yeah, I had to highlight it as well, because basically it's all like Michael Jordan sponsorships at the time. Yeah. If you're, if you're just aware. Like, like, all right, let's get them all in one go. <laughs> yeah, there we go. <laughs> the perfect day, basically, right? I said, like, there's not that much product placement in this movie. It's actually, like, a large product of Michael Jordan. Like, and and there's, like, the moment where they go to get his shoes, and the shoe is on a literal pedestal. But, like... (laughs) But even then, they, like, never name the shoe. Even the ones that he plays the game in at the end, like, there's a close-up of them, but they never name it. So they don't, like, highlight it, get the new Air Jordans, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Are they... And, like, like, you can't have a movie with Michael Jordan in it and not feature his shoes, like... Oh, yeah. So it's like subtle because like I don't know if you've seen like clips like on YouTube where they do like product placement from like those like primetime like shows on like you'd finally like, on I've ABC. watched Transformers. No, no, right? no, no, TV, not <laughs> wait, you mean like the cartoon Transformers? <laughs> no, I mean Michael Bay. Oh, Michael Bay. No, 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 but like oh, on those like We're like Hawaii, much- Hawaii no. 5 and like uh, what's that oh, other yeah. one? Uh, oh, Chuck. Yeah, that's it. So, like, those shows, when they do, like, product placement, like, I remember, I think for Hawaii Five-0, they have a Subway product placement, and it's a guy, and they're like, yeah, I just got this $5 footlong from Subway. It's so delicious, and blah, blah, blah. And then Chuck, they had, like, a Dodge minivan or something. Yeah. And they're yeah, like, yeah. oh, yeah, we got this new, like, Dodge caravan. It's got, like, auto sliding doors and, and blah, blah, blah. Features. Right? Like, uh-huh. they, they, it's so corny. Like, it's, like, right there. But yeah. in this movie... I mean, yeah, okay, you have the line where it's, like, all this, like, sponsorships, let's get all that. Yeah, and, that's, that's, but that's kind of played as a joke, even. Exactly, yeah. it's played as a joke. And, like, when when they, like, feature his shoes, like, yes, okay, you see, they go get them, and, yeah, okay, maybe they're literally on a pedestal, but they're not like, oh, wow, is that the new Air Jordan? Yeah, it's exactly. like, you know, they don't, they don't even call attention to it like that. That was kind of neat, honestly. I was, like, I'm impressed that they didn't do it, they, they didn't go that ham on the... The product placement. Yeah, so uh, let's transition here just to talk a little bit about like the technical aspects of the yeah. film. Yeah, I'd love to hear a little bit, that. and then we'll talk about the soundtrack a little bit because it has a killer soundtrack, and then we'll kind of talk about like Space Jam Two and it's like uh, uh, ongoing okay, legacy. Wait. Yeah, right before we stop talking about the film. Yeah, um, the B plot where they quarantine the NBA. How prescient is that, dudes? How like I I saw it today and I was like oh I got chills dude <laughs> <laughs> it's like oh my god Space Jam predicted Corona 
Okay, let's calm down here. They did not predict (laughs) Corona. I understand their concern because you just have players who all all of a sudden like can't play and like function. Oh, we do have to mention, speaking a couple of jokes there, I did like the one where Charles Barkley is praying at, at the church to God to get his powers back. And one of, them, one of them is like, I'll, I promise I'll never date Madonna again. <laughs> like, that was pretty. Yeah, I yeah, laughed yeah. at that, that one. sequence where they're like going to the therapy and like at the church. And like, I was, I thought that was great. I thought oh, was there was a good joke with Patrick Ewing there when he's like talking to the psychiatrist or whatever. And then the psychiatrist oh, asks him, like, is there any other area in your life where you haven't been able to perform? And then like he gets up and is he's like, like, yeah. He's in the <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, he did pretty well there. Like that, that was a pretty decent bit of acting. That was pretty and, good. And, and that's the bit where Charles Barkley um uh finds those teens playing basketball. Oh, that always yes. broke my heart. Uh, like when I watched it the first time as a kid, and like when I watch it now, I always just feel so bad for Charles Barkley in that thing because you know yeah. those kids they light up. They like, wow, you're Charles Barkley. It's like, hey, can I play? And they're like, yeah, of course. You know, and then he gets the ball, he's dribbling, the girl steals it. And you think, okay, you know, going to be easy on, you know, because I'm Charles Barkley against this kid. And then Barkley gets the ball back and he goes to jump, do a jump shot. And the girl smacks that ball away. And she's like, you're not Charles Barkley. You're just some wannabe that looks like Charles Barkley. She's like, be gone, wannabe. And I'm, like, so I'm dying. I'm like, no. It's so good. <laughs> it's so heartbreaking. It's a really good scene. And he does a great job in that scene. Yeah. So we'll just highlight the, those couple things. But now let's talk about like yeah, the technical yeah. aspect, because a lot went in to actually making this film. And that's part of the reason why it looks so good. Hmm. Yeah, uh, because yeah. it's very active with animation. This is more like explicitly about the animation of the film. It was like mm-hmm. a huge project. And I believe that's what they said. They, they quickly realized that they're going to need like a lot of people working on the animation for this because like i think the team they had initially assembled to do the animation they realized like oh it's not gonna be enough it's like we need more people because when i was watching with the director commentary when billy west and d bradley baker were talking uh they they pointed out that in the in the basketball scene at the end there like that crowd is animated like by which i mean animated people in the background are moving like there's no like static like filler and there's and there's like like individual characters yeah that's what i'm saying right it's not it's not just like like real looney tunes in there yeah it's not just like copy paste like default you know stick figure man type stuff it's like yeah it's it's Mm -hmm. individual characters but also all those characters in the background are moving they're not just static it was or it was really cool to see like the old uh like well like these one-shot characters old looney tunes in the stands uh it was fucking great. It was really cool. And so, yeah, that was part of it. Yeah, they did in, in, in the commentary. They pointed out they were like, yeah, that character from like this old Warner short is there for like two seconds. So a lot is of this, what's that? Is this movie hand animated or, or um, CG? It's a combination, I, I think. I can't tell. Hmm. OK, I think it's a combination of stuff. I'm pretty sure. I, I know they use like they probably use like computers to composite. Mm-hmm. all of the shots but i think like the animation is probably mostly hand-drawn because i don't think it was that advanced to do everything cg like the animation yeah. itself specifically i think uh yeah 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 that, that, that makes sense because this is before um this is like way before like like uh lord of the rings and, and hmm. yeah so it is pretty impressive so if you go and look at um 
behind the scenes shots like uh, i mentioned earlier a lot of it is uh green screen like on a sound stage and they had actors there for michael jordan to interact with and they based their animations on the play that would happen so the animators were there watching and then that would give them ideas oh. on how to like animate the so, scene so, so like 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 they they'd just be like hey michael just run across this fake court and then they would just kind of watch him and like yeah and then the the like people he was interacting him. with because they had other people he'd play against mm-hmm. on the thing and so yeah and that's kind of like that's how they sick. did how they did the game because if when you watch it there isn't actually much of him michael jordan himself playing it's true the game too too much it's mostly the monsters yeah and yeah, the yeah like that the final game there's not that much him it's it's mostly like wily coyote exploding the net and like <laughs> breathing fire yeah so that was kind of like how they worked around it and part of that is because of like the actual sc- shooting schedule for michael jordan because mm. during this time it, he just came back in the nba uh, so 1995, and the Bulls lost uh, that that playoff round against the the Orlando Magic. I think in the Eastern Conference Finals, or it could have been semifinals. Uh, and the reason why I bring this up because this kind of like impacted how Space Jam was filmed. So basically, mm-hmm. they set up the schedule around Michael Jordan to make it as easy as possible for him. So they, I think, they had late start times. I think they only filmed between three and five hours and they finished like early relatively early in the day because jordan part of the stipulation that he had was that their warner brothers built like a court that was like near the wherever they were producing it this the the film studio they built like a weight room a training room and a full-on like basketball court for michael jordan to train and practice he would do that for like five hours a day so he was mostly focused on like playing basketball because he was like he was upset. I mean, that's fair, though. No, like, no, he was upset that they lost, right? So the next season, he's like, I need mm-hmm. to come back, uh, uh, you know, so I can't waste time, you know, doing a movie. And, like, that's good for Warner Brothers. Like, like you want him to be doing well. Otherwise, this movie's not going to sell well. For sure. Exactly. And so then the following season, that's when the Bulls, they set their record of 72 wins and 10 losses and won the championship by the time Space Jam actually comes out. Uh, in the theater and part of it was because yeah he had like this gym basically and and court where he was focused mainly on working at his game and players from all over the nba so the people who were like the co-stars you know like charles barkley patrick ewing mugsy bogues those guys and then other people from the nba would also come the basically how it was described was like it was like an all-star game like basically all the time playing like these these pickup games and even on the actual set, there's I saw a few pictures of like the director so cool. and Michael Jordan playing like one on one and stuff. <laughs> so they would be like, it'd be like basketball all the time, pretty much. I just say like, what a driven guy Michael Jordan has to be to like to do that, right? You do like you're you're shooting a film, right? And then you fucking practice basketball for five more hours out of a day, and you keep doing that until you, and then you set records in the next season that you play oh no it's insane i I really admire i really admire the guy oh insane work ethic oh my i saw a video uh i guess kind of like a short doc of his uh personal trainer and -hmm. he was talking about like the the regimen that he did like for michael jordan uh not just like workout like lifting weights but like custom tailoring like fitness slash basketball skills like improvement like 
for him. Like, he had, like, notes. So, like, basically, he would watch Michael Jordan in the games and, like, note which direction he's turning off, how his feet are positioned. Like, pages and pages and pages of notes, because obviously this is before. I mean, computers were around, but you didn't really do it mm-hmm. on the thing. You know, so, like, insane. Like, you don't have that level of, like, detail for someone who's not, like, driven. But, yeah, that's kind of what motivated uh, the film there in terms of, like, how much we see of Michael Jordan and, like, his filming. Because he had, like, relatively short filming days because they can go, like, at least 12, 14 hours sometimes. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, that, that, that was part of it because he was focused on the basketballs. Very cool. So let's talk about the music now. Because, like, as we mentioned, it does have... It's great. A killer soundtrack. Oh, my God. And I think there's some songs in the movie that aren't on the official soundtrack. But when you watch the movie, I think that's what makes it so enjoyable, regardless of any shortcomings in terms of plot. The music gets you into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. Like, we're talking about that sequence about, like, like, like Patrick Ewing and, and the other um, basketball players, like, going to therapy and, yeah. and doctors and stuff. And, like, you get tricked into thinking that's a really good sequence because it has, like, that amazing Basketball Jones song. Oh, my God. It. It's so good. <laughs> And it's just amazing. It's so good. That that's my that's my fucking highlight song of the movie. Yeah. Um like like the music truly elevates whenever whenever the music is there, like it really makes it work. Like the first scene where we see little kid Michael Jordan, the I I believe I can fly over that yeah. really sells that. When when yeah. When the I believe I can fly comes in, it's just like oof. and that song was I remember like even after that movie came out, you, that like people yeah. would just like mm-hmm. reference that go into I believe I can fly. Yeah. yeah. So and yeah. I don't know about you guys, but the credits were unbearable for me. They were way too long. Uh, but oh, the opening the, credits, the opening credits, but the music for the opening credits. Oh, the Space Jam. Oh my god. Absolutely okay, wait, wait, wait. Made it okay. Okay, okay. So, so, so I went to look into who performed that song because I didn't know, and it's performed by the the Quad City DJs. And yeah. on their Wikipedia page, it says this is like the second sentence on their Wikipedia page. They are best known for writing and performing the theme song to the 1996 animated basketball film <laughs> Space Jam. Yeah, yeah, that's basically it. What a legacy! <laughs> what a legacy! Well, no, it's good though. It's it, a great it, song. It, it's, it's great, like '90s hip hop number one, yeah. like the the Space Jam. Come on, it slam! It, no, it's so good. And then you have the Monstars song, like "Hit Him High." Yeah, I looked because yeah, 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 I watched yeah. the credits, like the end credits of that. And it's like, what you have like Busta Rhymes. Uh, what is it? Yeah. It's it's Busta Rhymes, uh, LL Cool J. Shit. I think Be Real. It's just like all yeah, no, as soon as I finished the movie, I was like, yeah. that movie wasn't great. But that music was great. And I just listened to the soundtrack yeah. right after the movie because I was like, that's the best thing in this movie. Fly Like an Eagle by yeah. Seal. Oh my oh, god. Yeah. Especially oh my god. Real. That comes in at the end credits. And it's just like they have that. They have like gonna make you sweat, like CNC Music Factory. Uh, I don't. There's there's like a ton more songs, but like it's all like killer, killer mm. stuff. It's just like amazing. So it really helps move the film along because you're just yeah. like it's just like yeah. one jam after the next. It's so true, and it's like and it's it's like like real like 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 real popular musicians on this soundtrack. You know, yeah. yeah. Like I think Pablo, you said it's it. Great. Like it's real. It's real nineties uh, vibes in this in this flick, and they real like it, it works right with the, the it, there's they made a good choice of making the music reference like reference this time period that the movie is set in, right? Mm. Like I think all over it works really well. It makes the it makes the film better in terms of like what's actually we're seeing on on screen. It ties it to the era that it's in, 
and it's a jam <laughs> no, all the time. Definitely, like it really pulls you along. So if something is like dragging, it's like you just get that music in there, and it like really picks up. So it, it it can. This is, I think, a good example of how like the music can really elevate. Yeah. Uh, yeah. A film, because like yeah, yeah as we as we mentioned, plot wise and like the jokes and all that stuff, it's like yeah. You know, but the the soundtrack, though, I mean, that's just it's just like, boom, it makes the film that much more enjoyable. This movie definitely I don't think would be as memorable if not if the music was like not the same, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like if it weren't for that, that that main that main theme at the beginning of the movie and like and like like that, that first scene with Michael Jordan as a kid wouldn't feel as emotional. You wouldn't buy it as much if it didn't have um, mm-hmm. I believe I can fly playing under it. No, definitely. So. Yeah, so even now the the soundtrack Yo, still holds the up. The sequel better have a good soundtrack. That's what uh, we'll like see. They better, they better get like an like an all star like theme for the soundtrack. Of so that let's just touch on the sequel just for a second. We don't have too much details. We're, we'll, we'll do a follow up once the movie comes out because mm-hmm. <laughs> we have to compare it and and see how it how it does. Guys, if Space Jam Two is the first movie I see post quarantine, I'm gonna shoot someone. <laughs> Like, but we have to go see it if we're allowed to. All three of us, <laughs> we have to go see it together. <laughs> well, we'll have to see if we can even like have yeah, a yeah, post quarantine. Yeah, yeah, but exactly, exactly. So the film, like, because I, I think last time when we talked, Alex, we kind of like looked at it just like a little bit. I, <laughs> did you look into it at all, Dexter? The the yeah the, yeah the, yeah. The, like like I, I read I read the, like the like the plot blurb, and frankly, it's less insane than the original. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's one of the things I like have a fear of is that they're going to try to explain too much. Like most sequels, yeah, or reboots mm-hmm. or whatever it is. Oh, because like I think this week that Cruella trailer dropped. Yeah, I saw with that. like Emma Stone, and I didn't watch it, but I just feel like anytime you do like an origin movie and you explain like how this person got them, like. It's less mm-hmm. interesting because I don't really give yeah, a no. shit if they had a poor childhood mm-hmm. and that's what led them to be wanting to make a coat out of dog fur. I don't know, right? <laughs> correct. Well, no, come on, seriously. <laughs> no, you're honestly, no, you're, entirely. You're, you're genuinely correct. <laughs> Any film oh, that man. tries to explain the origin of a character that people like, it usually doesn't work out because what makes the character interesting is that you don't know a lot about yeah them. exactly exactly and that you can mm-hmm. fill in the blanks exactly and so you like how they are now like it's like the han solo film right like do we need to go back oh, we don't yeah. need to know how he got no. his gun and how is he got his, his name his literal last name so, so you're so, part of that movie. you know it's never clever or interesting when you get those details it's like you like han solo because he's han solo mm-hmm. i imagine yeah he grew up whatever unless you're gonna make that story super interesting it's generally not going to work out. So for Space Jam 2, if they explain too much, because like you mentioned, Dexter, they don't waste any time about why the Looney Tunes are a thing that exists. I, yeah. Right? Like yeah, what, yeah. Why, why, why like beyond the veil at the center of the Earth, the Looney Tunes yeah. exist. And then out in space on some planet, there's an amusement park run by alien Danny DeVito. Who also know about the Looney Tunes. Yeah, who watch the Looney Tunes. <laughs> who watch the Looney Tunes. Exactly. All right. So if they get into too much explaining of that stuff, I'm like, it's going to drag the, the film down. If they're staying true to its predecessor, they might not. Right? No, no, like, no. I'm not. I'm just saying that's the, a current trend right now is to like explain yeah. how everything got the way it was. Mm-hmm. So we, I actually kind of have faith in this. We'll see. Movie like it 
it can't really be worse. Probably not. Like I feel like, actually you know I I feel like the 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 danger is if they make just kind of like a middle of the road movie, Could you be. know? Yeah. Cuz cuz like Space Jam 96 is not like it's not generic in any way. No. It's just it's it's just nobody proofread anything at any stage and that's why it works. <laughs> <laughs> no, definitely. The interesting thing about this new Space Jam that's coming out this uh the release date is supposed to be July 16th. So uh, coming up in a few months. Well, it's interesting. Okay, it's produced by Ryan Coogler, mm-hmm. right? Who is the director for Black Panther, which just kind of like blew my mind a little bit. So we'll oh, see how yeah. that works. The director of this film, I looked into him and he is a guy who like directs like black movies. And like by black movies, I mean like they're movies. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Girls made, Trip. Yeah, made like Night for school. black audiences. So it has like a black yeah, yeah. cast. And I'm not huh. saying that's a bad thing at all. I just found it interesting because <laughs> those movies I always find well, uh, that, that's that's uh, find interesting. Yeah, I don't know if this exactly relates to that, but like the crux of this film of Space Jam 2021 is not going to be the same as like Space Jam, the original, right? Like, there's no brand. They might be revamping the Looney Tunes again, right? But like, there's no like. I I guess LeBron is just as famous as Michael, but not the same in the way that Michael Jordan was famous in, in, back in the 90s, right? Like, yeah, and and he's he's not the same kind of like like like. Michael Jordan is like synonymous with Nike, you know? Yeah. Well, I think it's due to the fact that even right now, like there's a separate Jordan division of Nike. That's like yeah. the lasting impact that. Yeah, so it's very hard. Like, I think Michael Jordan's probably like a once in a lifetime type of athlete where you yeah. get to that like level of like fame and like in terms of like a brand successful where you kind of yeah. like transcend like all that stuff you come out of the sports world you're this insanely like popular figure in like society in general it's really difficult now lebron james you could argue is one of the best players currently playing i don't know if he has that kind of impact like yeah because like because like like michael jordan's like is an athlete but also is like a celebrity and like i feel like he's more celebrity than athlete whereas lebron's like he, he, you still think of him as a as like a basketball player, you know? Yeah. Like I oh, I'm no I don't know how like impactful LeBron James is like for little kids that don't play basketball because like I said when I was a kid, me and all my friends, it was all hockey, right? That's what we were concerned about. That's mm-hmm. what we like to play. I mean, yeah, we played other sports here and there, but the focus was always hockey. And like I said, we ha- we knew who Michael Jordan was. We had Chicago Bulls stuff even though we our primary sport that we watched wasn't wasn't basketball so i don't know Mm. if lebron james has that same kind of appeal slash effect at all yeah i think like there are so many things like that made the perfect storm for space jam to be space jam yeah right and like this movie's gonna be a different movie like i think there's no doubt about it right I'm just looking at the Wikipedia page and like apparently originally Hans Zimmer was going to compose music for this movie. Um, oh, really? Which is oh, who is, who is doing this? Uh, Chris Bowers, who, I don't know who has done is. stuff for like for the Green Book, uh, Madden NFL, Dear White People and Kobe Bryant's Muse. OK, what's interesting about this movie is that we have Don Cheadle. That's also what kind of like made me raise my yeah. eyebrows. I'm like, yeah, Don yeah, Cheadle yeah. Don Cheadle's like. That's like a real actor. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so it'd be big... interesting to see once we get more information about this film, if because mm-hmm. of the impact that Space Jam itself has had, is if they can get like more P 
people in this movie in terms of like yeah. uh, other cameos and stuff of like other actors my, or popular figures. My big question is if Bill Murray is going to be. Oh, my parents. God. <laughs> that would be funny. I really want to. I got to go ice my <laughs> knees. They should do that. Like, no, I'm retiring. I'm going out on top undefeated. That's what Bill Murray says. <laughs> Gotta go ice my knees. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this episode of the all new, all different Aim for the Bushes. I've been your podcast person, Pavlo, also known as JPav, also known as Pav, also known as Pavi. And with me today, Dexter and Alex. So this has been the episode about Space Jam. So go check it out, like we said, and check out the soundtrack, definitely. Oh, also check out the website because it's still still active. So go. Yeah, we didn't talk about the website. Oh, yeah. We, we didn't talk about how we made the website crash because all three <laughs> of us were on it at the same time. It's still it up. It crashed for you too? Yeah. <laughs> if you want to go, if you want to go and check it out and see what the early internet was like, if you've never seen it, go check out the Space Jam website. It's still active. You can go click on the stuff. If you want background information on the film, it actually has a lot of production notes on there. Kind of interesting to go back and see, but definitely check it out. So before we go, do you guys have anything you want to plug? Oh, you know. Oh, I know it was coming, but I just asked for formality's sake. Take it away, Dexter. Oh, me? All right. Uh, uh, me and Alex have a podcast we do with other people. It's uh, uh, the fiction series. Pablo was on it. Mm-hmm. I think that episode's out by now. He was a Dracula. He was really funny. Um, uh yeah, uh, Alex. What they, they if, if he they, was if, and is funny. They've probably heard us talk about this before. You definitely point. have. Uh, would hate to sound like a broken record. Please check out October and Fish. We put a lot of effort into it, and it's funny actually. If you yeah. like hearing Pablo, which I don't know why you would, uh, yeah. you'll enjoy listening to him on our show too. No, it's a funny, lighthearted story. It's not very long. Episodes like what, twenty minutes? Yeah, Max? yeah. The episodes are uh, yeah, they're fifteen to twenty minutes. Yeah, so it's really light, easy to listen, uh, pretty humorous. It's got some emotional depth to it. So check it out. So we'll leave you with that. Everyone, please stay safe. Peace.